Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Lou. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode. I am incredibly grateful that you are here tuning in, and I know that your path in front of you will be unbelievably blessed. My guest today is Nicole Cherie Olden. Nicole has her own virtual law firm and helps entrepreneurs protect their online businesses and brands legally with custom contracts and policies or legal templates that they can customize for their unique businesses as well as trademarks. Her unofficial motto is that while you don't have to devote all your time, energy, and money to addressing legal issues, as an entrepreneur, you do have to become familiar with the law. So this episode is for you if you plan on having a website or already have a website. And we're going to focus on talking about especially the legal side of terms and conditions on your website. So let's get straight into it. Thank you, Nicole, for being here with me today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and chat with your listeners. Absolutely. I mean, over the past few years, I've been following you for many years. And an interesting fact I've learned from you is that if you have a website, obviously, you should have terms and conditions. But it's not because they're legally required, but because they create this contract with your website users. So tell us more about that, please. What exactly are terms and conditions? Yeah, so terms and conditions in a nutshell are a contract between you and your website users. So I like to say they're basically the rules of the road. You have to think of how big the online space has become Um, Online business is booming right now, especially with the COVID pandemic. Everybody is kind of shifting into the online space. And so the traffic to your websites, I'm sure, has increased exponentially for most of your listeners. And you want to really lay out what your website users and viewers can and can't do with your content. If you think about the photos that you share, the blog posts that you take so much time crafting uh, and posting to your website, all of those things, I mean, you want to make sure that you have something like intellectual property protections for that hard work. You don't want to see your blog post on somebody else's website. I think that's kind of the the most straightforward reason to, to give because I think that resonates with a lot of online business owners. We, we work so hard to create content and we don't want to have to worry about somebody kind of coming in and, and swooping on that and passing it off as theirs. But In that same vein of thinking, there's so many terms that can go into your terms and conditions to kind of create that contract and make sure you're protected, not just intellectual property protections, but also, you know, user limitations. Do you have a blog that allows user comments? Do you want to stop people from leaving like vulgar or hateful comments? Um, You know, the the online trolls are a real thing. And, And so if you have language in there that says you can terminate somebody's access to your website at a certain point, if they act a certain way, that that gives you the the right to be able to do so. Another thing that's very common in the online space is affiliate marketing. That's a a big way for people to create kind of an additional stream of income. And so they'll start sharing links to third-party websites that have some sort of affiliate kickback to them if a purchase is made. You want to make sure that you're disclosing that affiliate connection that's actually required. The FDC has guidelines, the Federal Trade Commission, that requires you to disclose that connection. And so that's something that needs to be there. 
Also things like disclaimers. I mean, you want, you want to be very clear. I, I like to give myself as an example. So I'm an attorney by trade, right? Um, and so my disclaimer that I'm, I'm going to give now as, as we're chatting about this stuff is that I, you know, everything I'm sharing is legal education and information. It's not business, financial, or legal advice. It doesn't create an attorney-client relationship between us. And you really want to make sure you chat with an attorney in your area to make sure you're taking the right steps for you and your business. And I have that language in my blog posts. I have that language in my terms and conditions. I give that language, you know, when I do videos, when I do podcast interviews, because I'm trying to protect myself. And so having disclaimers uh, in your terms and conditions, I think is, is a big thing. Uh, and it's funny because I see a lot of um, online business owners who will have a separate like disclaimers page. And I like to actually include my disclaimers in my terms and conditions because I have website visitors actually agree to my terms and conditions when they come to the website. And I think that's a big kind of underutilized thing in the online space is actually having them agree to the terms when, when they visit, because that kind of goes that extra step to show the enforceable contract in online business law. You know, you think about all the the websites that you visit and they have terms and conditions kind of just slapped in the footer and it's an afterthought and that's called a browse wrap and, and that's well and good. But by taking it that step further and having them be able to, to click that, I agree, or I've written an agree button, you're really taking the extra step to show that there is an enforceable contract under the e-sign act, which is federal legislation in here, here in the United States, that kind of goes to support uh, an enforceable contract with that what we call browse wrap agreement by requiring them to, to click a button. So there's, there's a lot of reasons uh, and, and no, they're not legally required, but they are a very, very smart move to make as an online business owner. Yes. And I see that on your website, not, not only do you have all these legals in place, even to snag your freebie, you have to have the users click two buttons one is to, I have read and agree to the privacy policy and another I have read and agree to your terms and condition. I've actually never seen that until I came across your website. So does that mean by clicking those buttons, you like literally make that a binding contract? Yeah. So taking that extra step. So I mentioned the eSign Act and in the U.S., it basically says that you can sign documents electronically. Uh, and that also includes those browser app agreements. So the things that require you to click a button or check a box. And so if, if you have records, and, and that's really what it comes down to, if you have records showing that somebody affirmatively agreed, whether or not they took the time to read it, and that's kind of a qualifier is you, you have to give them the option and the opportunity to read it. But if they choose not to, and they click, I agree, that can be an enforceable contract. So I always, always, always recommend that online business owners take that extra step and use that care and keep records. That, that's the flip side of the coin. So from your experiencing practicing law in this area, can you give us a, some examples of litigations or disputes in this area that you came across or your colleagues have came across? Ooh, in terms of like terms and conditions at issue? Mm -hmm. Let me think. Yeah, so there's been... I, can I segue to terms of use? Because I think that that's super common too. And, and yeah. I differentiate between the two. So terms and conditions, if you think about them for your website, terms of use are similar, but they're for your digital products. And so downloadable things like templates or even your membership or your e-course, those kind of are a binding contract for the purchase. And I think that they contain 
uh, a lot more in terms of like your payment policy, your refund policy, things of that nature. And that is where kind of a, a lot of strife, I think, comes in for online business owners because they're not very clear about those those terms when they're drafting their their terms of use. Or I should say when a lot of online business owners kind of cut and paste or quote unquote borrow from other online business owners. They don't take the time and the, the care to kind of lay out exactly what their customers getting, what the price is, do they offer refunds? And, and if it's no refunds, they're very clear. It's no refunds. And so somebody will make a purchase and then try and charge back or try and ask for a refund. And when you look at the terms, it's just not clearly delineated. Um, so I've had a lot of online business owners kind of, you know, make the decision to just suck it up and, and give refunds because they just were not very clear about the boundaries that they were establishing for their customers. And then of course, it's an expensive lesson that they learn and then they clean it up after the fact. But unless you take the steps to make sure it's in place in advance, obviously, then you are having to pay the attorney's fees to do, do the cleanup with you uh, and make sure things are established. So having those terms, I think, beforehand is, is key. How about if you have a refund policy on your website? Mm-hmm. Does that count? But as separate and apart from your terms? Yes. You know, if you have it somewhere to where it's it's linked in the checkout process and it's something that they're seeing and they're agreeing to, I always, always say it's a better strategy to make sure it is in the checkout process and they have the opportunity. Again, it's not that they read it, but they have the opportunity to read it in the checkout process. And whether or not they do, that's on them. But if it was presented somewhere in that process and they agree and they proceed, then that, yeah, that refund policy would would dictate terms. Ah, I see. So it's a matter of having the choice, right? Given the choice before you make the purchase that matters. Yeah, yeah. I, I think gone are the days of just slapping up all sorts of disclaimers and legal policies and and things on your website and just calling it a day, Um, especially with the changes in data privacy legislation, which is a whole separate topic that have kind of come down the pipeline in the last couple of years. And the changes that are coming going forward, power is really getting shifted back to the consumers. Um, They really want to give consumers a choice when it comes to how not only personal information is being handled, but also in terms of just online purchases and the e-commerce space. So having that incorporation of the ability to agree and to read throughout that checkout process really is key. Mm, I love it. And I know you have a beautiful, beautiful online entrepreneur's guide to starting the business with legal issues freebie. So where can our listeners get that? Yeah, so you can go to NicoleShreeOden.com slash guide. And you can snag a copy of an online entrepreneur's guide to starting a business. And it really is a 5,000 foot overview of the legal issues that you need to be paying attention to as you're going through business online, everything from the startup phase to um, exploring things like trademarks. So, And Nicole, I love it when you smile on Instagram and just playing with your beautiful family, little ones as a mom. What quote has always resonated with you when you need it the most? Oh, quote has always resonated with me. I think some it's it's funny because it's something I remember my grandmother saying, and she passed when I was seven, and it's just kind of always stuck with me. She always told me to keep my feet grounded on the ground, but to reach for the stars. And that's just something that I've lived my life by is just to remember to stay humble, but also live in service and, and chase my dreams. And so it's it's kind of been special to me, you know, since she passed. I've kind of just kept that 
as my life's motto. So. Oh, I love that. And reach for the stars. How about on those low days, if you ever have them, what do you do to reset yourself? Yeah, I'm big in grounding. I need to get outside. Um, I think part of it probably is because my law firm is virtual and I work in the online space. And so I'm indoors a lot in front of a screen or on my phone. So on days, especially, you know, when I have a very uh, court heavy day or things in my firm, just getting outside and taking a fresh breath of air and standing in the sunshine, you know, just walking around barefoot in my grass and just kind of enjoying the outdoors, I think really just kind of resets for me. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Nicole, for your knowledge and wisdom today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Yay. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Lou Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 